0: I'm not thinking very clearly right now. <laughs> so probably any one of you who's fasting, same with Marcus, we're kind of in that, in that haze. So I'll try to just speak it clearly. But just something too, Yvonne just brought up, and I actually had to leave at the end of today, but, um, but just, I, I feel like it's important just as we talk about resources, the key in this is that everything that we're given, uh, that we actually, we lay it down. Uh, even as as kings. And I, as we were praying, I just saw that, uh, like, the elders that are in the throne room are are not just priests, but they're kings. They all have crowns. Priests don't wear crowns. Kings wear crowns. And so what do they do? They cast their crowns before the Lord. And there's a, I just, it's a, it's the mindset that we have to have in everything that the Lord gives us. To steward, and this is what we are is we 're just stewards we 're kings, but we 're stewards of his kingdom and uh, so it 's learning how to operate as kings, but continually casting our crowns before the lord um, so in this fast the, I felt like the key thing that the Lord was actually highlighting over all of this was was resources, um, and it comes with a kingly anointing, and it comes with this filling and and, uh, but uh, as we've been praying into resources, and I don't know if you heard uh, the, so well right before the we called the fast, I woke up on that Tuesday, and, and, and I just saw that word written, resources, like in the Bible, but it was like half the ink was gone. And so it was just this, like you couldn't see it very clearly, and and I was like, Lord, what is that? What are you trying to show us? And I was like, this is the body of Christ. They don't understand the resources that I have for them, and it's so—it's like you could barely read it in the Bible. And uh, so, as we were, so that was Tuesday morning. We called the fast Tuesday um, of last week, and then uh, and then started at Monday, Tuesday, and finishing it up today. Thank the Lord, it was only a three-day fast. <laughs> I do want to say, let me just say one thing too. James, he was he was in there today. It was such a sweet time. You were in there. Of the days, two of the days at least. Were you there three days or like what's that? You were there three, he was out there all three. Oh, yeah, it's kind of a blur, but um, but I just something he said as I was back there just caught me. He he goes, What, how did you say it, James? I'm gonna just have you say it about not eating. Like, you remember what you said? Come on, this was so cool. This is. When we fast and pray and, and we're seeking the Lord, um, he comes and he ministers to us. And it's such a beautiful time. So we were just talking. And what did you say?
1: I'm, uh, I'm kind of an extreme introvert, so this is hard for me. Um, I was just telling him individually, I didn't expect this, that um, I felt so good uh, fasting. I was telling my kids, I was going to ask God, if I could, I'd never eat again
0: so precious, that's that, that is that hunger and thirst for the Lord, like when we hunger and thirst for Him, man, He fills us, like to overflowing, to where you never want to eat again, if like, if it's this good, if it's this amazing, like why would we want to (laughs) eat, I want to stay in that place, so anyway, James, I just love that, thank you for sharing, sorry to put you on the spot, so I got to be quick, because we got an amazing speaker tonight. Um, so this is, this is basically what happened. I'll just give you the short version here. Uh, we've been seeing God move. Every time we've been doing fast, we've been seeing God move. And it's been, a lot of it has been resources. And, and I, I think I've mentioned this before in here, that it was probably a year ago or so that the Lord just, I wrote down the word church and then just crossed it out. And the Lord said, you're no longer a church. You're a kingdom resource center and and you're this is what we do is we distribute we distribute the gospel we share the gospel we share we have food we have all sorts of things and uh is that Justin? Ah, this is the testimony i'm just going to share this sorry not to put you on the spot either but uh so this guy calls <laughs> and uh so first of all you know, we were given this this machine, this fifteen thousand uh, dollar machine um, to do espresso machine. Thank you, <laughs> not a coffee machine, espresso machine, and uh, and it, it was just beautiful. That was a whole resource story, crazy story, how that was just given to us. And then, but I was just talking to Lindy yesterday or on on Tuesday. I was like, hey, we're going to need um, coffee. We need espresso and uh, beans and. Um, and so we we're talking into that. I get a call just a few hours later, and she goes, uh, "Well, um, we have somebody that that uh, wants to deliver coffee to us." I'm like, "Okay, that's great." She's like, "But it's ten pallets of coffee." <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "I don't know if we have the room. I don't know if we can like like do this or do we want this and." And, I, and immediately, the Lord just showed me what we're going to do. And I'm like, yes, we want it. We're going to take it. Like, we'll figure it out. We'll put it in the foyer. We'll stick it in your office. Well, <laughs> but, here, but here's the thing the Lord was just showing me is, oh, my gosh, what better way to impact people? And the Lord's been showing us. Marcus and I have been praying. We're like, oh, by the way, we're going to be doing shorter services come the spring here summer and uh, at different times and just going out and ministering so we're going to shut down services get out of our chairs and go actually do the work, do the kingdom work and, uh, and it's going to be amazing it was amazing last year when we did it I felt, and I felt like this is version 2.0 like we're going to understand more we're going to handle this better and we're going we're gonna to see God move in even greater ways, but I'm like what a, what a way we're going to have coffee 10 pallets of coffee that we can take and we can hand out and bless people and pray for them and, and share Jesus with them. Like who, you give them, and this isn't just like like junky coffee. It's, it's my dad's, it's high quality. I don't drink coffee. But what I've been told is it's really good coffee. It's called Seattle's Best. So it's a good coffee, right? For you coffee drinkers, I don't know. <laughs> um. So 10 pallets of Seattle's best coffee to hand out to people. But here's the caveat. We're going to take it, but with two things. One, you can't sell it. <laughs> and two, this is a profit-making thing, but two, is every person you give it to, you need to share the love of Jesus with them. Pray for them. Tell them about Jesus. And coffee will open the door to their heart. So it'll, it'll awaken them. Yes. It'll awaken their minds to Christ. <laughs> there we go. Mind of Christ right here with coffee. <laughs> That's good. So, so as I was talking to him, I said, um, I said, well, can we do this? He goes, well, let me just talk to the guy. So he talks, he's talking to the guy. He calls me back, and he goes, we've been on the phone just crying because this is what it's all about. And uh, and the the guy is this guy basically is an older guy he goes he has a, a I don't know if I'm telling the story completely right but but he has a, a semi and he basically picks things up he has resources that as we've been praying into resources he has resources all over that he's able he's able to get and he's like so they call me back and he's like hey we want to bring more resources like we need to get. We need to get uh, warehouses. We need to get things set up here in Castle Rock. So, and it just started to stir my spirit. Like, this isn't just about coffee. There is so much more that, and everything, all the resources that we get, this is laying our, ca- our crowns down. This isn't about, look what we have. This is about, look what we get to actually do for Jesus. Look what we get to actually bring a- and, and do the evangelistic work. And look, it, this is not the... Be careful that, like, it doesn't become about doing. It's an overflow of who we are in Christ. As we know who Christ is on the inside of us, as we receive everything that we have, and and we know what we're created for, then we take the very resources, we tap into resources that are going to blow our minds. But, I mean, trust me, the last thing I would have ever thought was, oh, we need to get ten pallets of coffee. Like, but then, as I thought about it last night, I was like, "Lord, that is probably the most amazing idea." Like, more, we you know we used to do blessing bags. We'd hand out like we make four or five hundred blessing bags, and we'd hand them out. The problem is, is some people are like, "I don't need a blessing bag. I'm fine. I have. I don't need like, you know, whatever like food." Um, but you give them a thing of coffee. It doesn't matter how rich they are, how much money they have they'll be like, wow, thank you, wow. Yeah, and can I pray for you? Can I just share the love of Jesus with you? So anyway, I just, I was blown away. It was just, I was to the point of just tears of like, God, you are so good in what you're doing, and your ways are so much higher than our ways. And, and the fact that we're in the, between day two and day three, and we get a phone call for 10 pallets of coffee that then turns into, oh, there's so much more. Semi-loads of different things, of, uh, I don't know, of, of all different, of coats. Yeah, we were talking about like a semi-load of coats, like winter coats to help people in need. But other things as well. So this is, it, but now we're going to need, we're going to need more space. So, so we're, looking, we're looking for more space. I just called a, um, a, a guy on our board who's a, who's a commercial broker for, uh, for uh, uh, Cushman and Wakefield. And... Uh, and so we're, we're looking, we're going to start, we're seriously looking right now for, for, um, for warehouse space. Sorry. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Tomorrow I will be better after I eat. <laughs> so I believe, here's the thing I see, is the Lord is going to blow our minds on the resources that he has for us as we tap into him, as we align with his plans and with his purposes. God is so good and he desires to bless his children, not so that we can just live nice, happy lives that are comfortable. We're never meant to be comfortable. We are meant to be so uncomfortable. The moment you get comfortable, you're in the wrong place. Don't ever get comfortable. But what's, let's go after the kingdom together. We should be constantly, the righteous live by faith. That means you're in a place where you don't know what's going going to happen next. So... If you're, if you're not in a place of living by faith, then you're not righteous. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let Brian fix that one. It'll be good. <laughs> so let's, let's, are we going to get back into the groups and pray? Or? Okay, we're just praying. Okay, so put your hands out. Your kings, your priests. And, and God has resources for us, but again, that we would lay them down. So, Father, I'd ask right now, I thank you for these past three days as you've been showing us, Lord, how to tap into this, how to, how to tap into kingdom resources, just like you did constantly when, when you fed the 5,000. It wasn't about the feeding. It was about sharing the kingdom. And then the overflow was just the resources that were set to feed those in need. Lord, I thank you that these resources is just the overflow of what you're actually going to do in and through us to declare your kingdom, to declare your glory, that your glory would be known, your glory would be seen, and that many would come into the kingdom. Many would be discipled in this season and in this time. So, Father, I thank you that we're going to have hearts of a king that understand how to be generational, that understand how to utilize resources, that understand how to take territory, and we're going to be priests that minister unto you, that worship you. And Lord, I thank you that we're going to be used of you in powerful ways to impact the kingdom. Lord, may we, may our lives reveal your glory. May we make you famous, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: So far, good. Well, we need to—we uh, don't need to—we get to take up an offering for Brian Fenimore before he speaks. Sorry, sorry, I said need. <laughs> so we want to sew into Plumline Ministries if we can put the giving slide up, so we can give via text or through the website, and uh, and if you select the category guest speaker, or actually Brian Fenimore might be in there. But anything that's given through the website, will go to Brian Finnamore tonight. We also have buckets in the back. We have a bucket up front if you want to uh, write a check or put cash in. And anything collected tonight will go to support his ministry. And Brian has just been such an amazing, I, I say this every time, but uh, the way he has sown into this house just selflessly, I, it's precious. And, um, and it's rare in the earth. I've been in ministry 20-something years. It's rare to find someone so consistent fresh revelation, giving himself to the Lord, and consistently sowing into a body as an itinerant minister. He, de- he doesn't just go from church to church to church. He picks areas and regions and sows into the Spirit. And I'm just asking the, lo- the Lord will have you reap from the Spirit tonight, Brian. So God, we just, I thank you for this offering. I thank you for Brian Fenimore. I thank you for his life before you. We ask God that you would uh, richly supply for Plumline Ministries, richly supply for Brian and his family. God, we ask as we just prayed for resources. God, I pray that we would be generous with our resources tonight, and we would sow into this precious man of God and his family. But God, I ask you for for the next level of resources for Plumline Ministries, for the next for the the dreams that you've put in Brian's heart uh, for the future. That you would. Um, Open up doors of favor, open up doors of finance. God, I pray that uh, that the connections and the network would 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 be made and that and that you would. um, Lord, as Brian has humbled himself under your mighty hand, that you would lift him up to bring you glory in the earth. In Jesus name we pray. Amen and amen. Awesome. Brian. Why don't you come on up? Thank
2: you, sir. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Marcus. That's awesome. So good to be with you guys. All right. Please grab your Bibles. Go with me to Psalms 110. Psalms 110. So um, to kind of give you guys how we get to where we're at, Marcus sends me a text, hey Brian, I'm going to get a hold of you in the next couple days and here's what I want you to cover. And I'm always, I always think, I wonder what it's going to be. It's actually kind of fun. And what I always enjoy about it is it's something I just got done studying for six months. So I feel like, wow, I've been ready for this. And so um, I'm not going to go into it because of time. I'm going to speed up a little bit because I have a lot that I want to get through. So please bear with me as I do this, Okay. Um, in John chapter 20, verse 21, Jesus makes a statement that's going to help us and we're going to talk about what does it mean for him to be a king and what does it mean for you, all right? In John chapter 20, verse 21, Jesus makes a statement. He says, peace be with you and then he says, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. So there are ways that Jesus is a, what we call a prototype, which means He's the new creation. He's the last Adam. There are things that he does that we're to look at him and do exactly what he does. Now, one of them isn't going to be dying on the cross for the sin of humanity, but the rest of it is. And so, because of that, we have to now begin to ask questions. As we look at Jesus Christ, we have to ask these questions. The Old Testament is building towards the Messiah coming, and they have different people representing different Positions or offices that Christ is the fullness of that. So if we were like in a Sunday school setting and I was teaching eight-year-olds and we were doing the catechisms, I would be saying things like, there are three offices of the Lord Jesus Christ that are in the Old Testament that he fulfills in the New Testament. One is, he's a priest. And so without doing the whole teaching on the priestly uh, meeting... It means that he knows how to stand before the Father, carry the heart of the people before God, and ask God to intervene. That's the role of a priest. He's a prophet, which means he gets the heart of God, and he tells you the times and the seasons and what God is doing in response to his kingdom on earth. But he's also a king. Now, interesting enough, uh, when we talk about Jesus being a king... Very little, as they were even talking about it, is developed, and the church has really not taught a lot about Jesus being a king. The only place they put him as a king is at the end of human history. It's usually in the end times, and he comes in a cataclysmic event, and now he's the king of kings. But that's not how the scripture represents Jesus as a king. In fact, what we're going to see, I don't have the time to do the whole treaty of it because there's many scriptures that deal with this, When Jesus was raised from the dead, he moved from the prophecy of being the suffering servant to being the king of kings. That's why he made the statement, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, go make disciples of all nations. That's a position that a king says. So everything after the resurrection, Jesus is talking as a king to his church. But that doesn't answer what role is he filling as a king. Now as we come to Psalms 110, um, I don't know if you've had them teach this before, hopefully I'm reaffirming something to you that you've heard before, but if you haven't, here it is. When Jesus walked with those disciples on the road of Emmaus, most people say, well, he, he opened the scriptures and he said what to them? And everybody's like, well, what did they talk about on the road to Emmaus? Well, you actually find out. There are certain scriptures that are pulled from the Old Testament and they're reaffirmed through the apostles in the New Testament. Those are the scriptures Jesus opened and were referred to them to teach in the New Testament. So this is actually one of those scriptures, Psalms 110. Psalms 110 is one of the the second most quoted psalms in the New Testament, the second most quoted psalms. Psalms, it's used all through the New Testament. It's used when Jesus was on earth, he actually uses it. And then when he's raised from the dead, it's used over and over and over again. In fact, this weekend, we're going to be talking about the resurrection, and this is the psalm that is quoted when it talks about the resurrection. Now, what's interesting about it is this psalm is now describing what the Messiah is doing after the resurrection, and it's showing him as a king. So, Psalms 10. Uh, psalms 110 look at it with me verse 1 the lord says to my lord uh, jehovah says to elohim that's the way it is in scripture sit at my right hand until i make all your enemies a footstool for your feet all right so let's just stop right there you guys have heard that right sit at my right hand until i put your enemies as, as a footstool under your seat All right, so this is an active thing that is now going on. So how is Jesus being a king? First thing is, where is he in regard to the kingdom of God? He's sitting at the right hand of his Father. What does that mean? Now, Psalms 2, if you want to go look at this later tonight, Psalms 2 helps build this. Psalms 2 is what we call him being defined as the king of the universe, but it's what we call the Psalms of his coronation. Which means when he was raised from the dead, he was given a promise that God, on his day of coronation, was going to be given the nations as an inheritance. Well, here it says, sit at my right hand. Now, why would God say, sit at my right hand? The right hand of any king is the hand of power. So, where is Christ as a king? He is being given all the power of the kingdom to do one activity. What activity is it? To bring all the enemies of God under his foot. All the enemies of God. So it actually means that the full totality of the power of God is moving against every enemy of the Lord. So think about this. Remember I I said this. Most people have an end time view that Jesus is king of kings. But he's only going to show his power in a cataclysmic event in Israel. When all the, all the nations come against them, and then he's going to stop it, and then that's when he's going to exert his power and be king of kings. But this scripture doesn't tell us that. It actually tells us that when he was raised and seated at the right hand of his father, the total, totality of the power of the kingdom of God is coming now through him to actually wage war against any enemy against his kingdom. So it's actively happening. So we just had that. It says, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool. So let's just work through what a footstool is. How many of you uh, think this is like, uh, this is what kings put their feet on to recline. This is what Jesus puts his feet on to recline. He's watching football games in heaven. So he's sitting on a his throne and he's reclining it. It's like a, an armoire or something like that. That's what that represents. Well, that's not what that represents here. Footstools are a place you can put your feet, but they're also used in the time of kings. Uh, If you've watched any old movies with kings, they always show kings in these containers going and checking out different locations in their kingdom. And these uh, carriages that have them have this army around them. And then when they land somewhere, they come out of this carriage and they put what's called a throne wherever they're at. And they show by that place even though his kingdom might be a thousand miles away, wherever that place and he's at is considered a footstool. Alright, so when he says, sit at my right hand until I bring every enemy as your footstool, he's saying this is intentionally active on the planet. Everywhere that you're going to rule and reign, you're going to establish that place as your kingdom. So, Uh, Do you guys get it? This This is a story that's been going on from the Old Testament. God has come to mankind and continually said, who do you want to be the king over your life? He came to Israel and said, do you want me to be their king? And they said, yes. And then they turned and said, no, we actually want a man to be a king of us. And he tried to warn them, don't reject me as your king. Those men are going to be tyrants. They're going to abuse you. They're going to take things from you. I don't treat you that way. Don't re- and they ended up rejecting him anyways. And the whole history of Israel, you guys see this, right? The Old Testament, if we were doing an Old Testament survey real quick. The whole history of Israel is God is trying to judge the nation of Israel for rejecting him as king by giving him kings and showing them this is what earthly kings are like. <laughs> All right, so. Where are you going with this, Brian? Well, Jesus has taken back the position, I'm king. And now he's actually saying this to every ruler on the planet because the nations were given to him as an inheritance. Are you guys ready for this? This is hard to hear, but you need to hear it. Every person that assumes ultimate power is usurping the kingship of Jesus. He wanted to be king of the the earth. It's his inheritance. This is his. He is literally moving his power against anyone that is not honoring him as king on this planet. Which actually should bring comfort to you because that actually means that he's going to deal with all this stuff. He's doing that. Now, we're like, well, what does that have to do with us? Well, here's where it comes to us. It says, look at the second part of verse 2. It says, the Lord will stretch out your strong scepter from Zion, saying... Okay, rod and scepters in the Old Testament are fascinating because they're always used to show what? The authority of the Lord. So anytime God wants to part seas, he makes someone jab a, sh- a rod in it, it shows the authority of the Lord. God wants to do a miracle, he's, he has him put the rod up, it, it shows a miracle. The scepter also represents a rod, and it shows what's called the reigning ability of whatever person is using it. And now it's using this language to the Messiah as king, and, he's, and it's saying, now, I'm going to stretch forth this. And he's actually talking about the stretching forth is an exertion of authority. And then there's a declaration. It says, out of Zion, he's going to stretch this authority, and he's going to say something in regard to stretching his authority. Now, this is where it comes to you and I. Jesus intentionally can exert his own authority, but because you and I are in his kingdom, we're connected to that authority, and he's choosing to do it through us also. There's a part he does, and there's a part we join him in. That's why the scripture talks about him being the head and us being the body. There's a part that he does that we won't enter into, and there's a part that he says, I will not do unless you enter into me with this. And this is where, you guys get it, this is where our thinking now has to begin to change when it comes to Jesus being a king of kings. This is always fun to say, isn't it? Here's how I used to understand that. Oh, Jesus is the king like of all the kings on the planet. Is that how you guys think about it? So Jesus is the king of all the kings. By the way, that's not biblical. He's not king of rebellious leaders, So he can't be king of rebellious leaders. It doesn't say that in scripture. It says he's the king of kings. He's the king, you're a king. He's the highest king, but in his kingdom, you're a king. So he's the king of you being a king. So it's now reflecting you're now representing kingship by learning to exercise authority. That's the king that he's a kingdom. All the other kings are not kings in his eyes. He's waging a battle with them specifically to make them his footstool because you're the one that's supposed to be in charge, not them. (laughs) You notice how we, we, I'm looking at you guys and you're looking at me and I know that look. I've never heard anything like this. This is wild. What are you talking about? Let's keep going on. So the Lord is moving his scepter from Zion and he's saying something. Now, look what it says here rule in the midst of your enemies. Okay, who's ruling in the midst of their enemies? Now, think about this with me. This is hard, but it's actually a lot of fun. All right? It doesn't say rule over here where no one's paying attention to you and the world's just going to hell and you just do little revivals here and there. That's where I want you to rule. That's not what the passage is saying. It says that Jesus intentionally goes into the middle of where his enemies are at to display that he's king and he rules in the middle of them. Now, what does he do with you? This is the part that I don't like and this is the part you don't like. He says, I call you light and salt and if you study those passages that actually means that he has to put you in the darkest place to reflect light and he has to take you into the most corrupt place to make you salt so does everyone want to rejoice and run around the room after I say this to us as a group of people Jesus is ruling in the midst of the most wicked rebellious people and he's saying and if you're going to follow me you're going to go with me there to learn to rule Now, because this is authority statements and most of us don't like this kind of language, this actually means that he believes you're going to have victory by going into the midst of the worst situation and learning to overcome defeat by becoming victorious in him. So you and I have actually been ordained by the Lord to be put right in the middle of the worst of evil to actually learn to rule and reign. Now, how many of you want to sign up for that? Did you know that when the minute you accepted Jesus and you said you're Lord, you actually signed up for him to send you there? How many of you remember when all of you received the Lord Jesus Christ and you said, I'll do anything you you send me to do? And he says, great, so let me just take all of this away from you and I'm going to send you over here. And you're like, no, I don't want to go over there. I thought what that meant was, is after I received you as Lord, you were going to send me like on a Bahama ministry trip where I get suntans all the time, and I tell Jesus periodically about, people about Jesus. And he's saying, no, really what I want to do is I want to send you to downtown Denver because I want to show that I can rule in the midst of the most wicked place, and I'm going to use you to do it, and I'm going to actually destroy all my enemies that oppose me through you. And most of us say, I don't want to go there. That's tough. And yet Jesus glorifies himself more through you in the worst place than you taking it easy and not having to have a challenge in your life. And do you guys realize I'd rather take it easy. I have to have the Lord work on me all the time. Stop resisting me here. I'm, this is where I'm at. I'm ruling in the midst of my enemies. Come there with me. Now, They were talking about God giving us resources. So what is God going to do with all these resources? He doesn't give you resources so you can sit back and go, look how much we have in our barns. He actually says, those are military resources, and you're going to go down to where the enemy has decimated people's lives, and you're going to release the resources there, and I'm going to overcome people by you releasing resources. Now, I know this sounds, oh, you're just being so intense. I know, I am, but let's get to the passage. It gets better, okay? Rule in the midst of your people. Now, look what it says here. Your people will volunteer freely on the day of your power. And then it moves into a a poetic statement, so I'll get to that, but let's just take this. What does this mean? Your people will volunteer freely on the day of your power. Um, This is a weak translation from the Hebrew, so let me verify it or, or add to it. Volunteer freely actually is a... It's a deeper word in the Hebrew. It actually means become a living sacrifice. So let me do it this way. When Jesus goes in in the midst of his enemies and he exerts the power of God to defeat all the enemies of his, it does something to his people that cannot be done in any other situation. When the people of you were fashioned to see Jesus be victorious, when Jesus becomes victorious in your life, it changes your heart towards him as king. And what happens is instead of going, I'm following a king that's constantly defeated, you're actually following a king that has constant victory. And what it does to your heart is it makes you a living sacrifice. You say, I want to be where this king rules. And so, you guys ready? In the day of his power, your heart gets changed and you change and you say, I want to be thrown in the midst of the worst of everything because he wins. He wins. Okay, now, come on, keep going with me here. You guys ready? Everybody loves courage. Jesus is the most courageous, victorious person. He takes us, who hardly ever see victory in our life, and he says, follow me because this is joyous. I'm going to take you in where the enemy has just decimated people, and I'm going to teach you how to break the power of that in their life. And when you see that victory, you're going to want to run faster and more into it every time you see it because you're going to see my kingdom always overcomes you guys see that you become more of a person that becomes a living sacrifice in the day of his power not in the day of his defeat you were fashioned to be around a victorious leader that's what Jesus is like as a king now when we use this kind of language and this sounds always militaristic most people think well so how do I act or how do I live in the middle of all this Go with me to Acts chapter 10, verse 38, and I'll show you how this applies to you, Jesus' ruling. Remember, John chapter 20, verse 21, it says this, As the Father has sent me, so I send you. Okay, now, as we're looking at this scripture in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, keep that in mind as what we just said. As the Father has sent me, I have sent you. Now, Peter has just got done presenting the gospel to the Gentiles, and they've come in. And now the Jews are having to deal with why would God save those unclean people? And he's having to give a commentary on Jesus' ministry. And he says this in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. You know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went about doing good and, and healing all that were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Okay, so... It'd take a long time to develop it, but I'll just take all the words, give it to you real quick. He's kind of saying this. You know how Jesus flowed in the Holy Spirit with miraculous power, and he went out of one dynamic kingdom into a lesser kingdom to raise himself up as the main healer in their life, and break the power of tyranny, which means, here's what the word means, it means oppressing people with power so that they cannot rise up and be what they were intended to be. He actually went and decimated that power so that people would rise up to that because God was with him. What are you supposed to do? God sends the Holy Spirit to flow through you so you have miraculous power working through you so that you come out of a powerful kingdom into a lesser kingdom to go into the middle of it, to raise Jesus up as the only healer in humanity, turn people towards him, break the power of demonic oppression over them that keeps them from rising up to what God intended to give them when he first created them so that they would know that God is with you. Isn't that great? Sorry I had to go so fast. I I just took all those Greek words and just gave them to you instead of explaining them all. But what has God called us to as him being a king? He loves going and setting people free from oppression. Think about that. The love of God is the most powerful force in the universe. When we say the power of God, it's defined as the love of God. So take the love of God and the power of God and mesh them together in your head. And think about this. Every time God wants to demonstrate his love, he breaks people free from oppression and gives them what he intended to give them. That's the highest expression of God's love. You guys get it? It's not enough for me to go and say God loves you without setting you free into that love. <laughs> so I think one of you is getting it. So let's see if I can drive it home. So... What do we have to change in our thinking? And what is God trying to mold us to do? He's trying to just change our whole way we look at everything. And when we move towards people, and we're supposed to present the Lord Jesus Christ to them, we have to understand that God says, the only way that you can show the love of my kingdom is you have got to exert the power of my kingdom to break off anything the enemy has tried to do to steal from them what I've intended them to be. And so I take... Spiritual reality, I take physical reality, everything that Jesus has given me, and I learn to release it into a situation so that people can see Jesus for who he truly is. You guys ready? Who is Jesus as king? He is not someone that's king in the future. He's king right now. And when we go about doing good, it represents him properly as king to everybody that comes near us. And it causes people to come to him and say, you're Lord, I'm going to follow you the rest of my life. Would you guys pray with me? Mighty one, I just stand before you and we as your people, we already acknowledge you as Lord, but I just want to kind of get our mind to think a certain way, Lord, we honor you as our king i bless you that you are reigning right now and you are dealing with all of the stuff that's going on in the planet through the church you're ruling in the midst of your enemy and i just want to worship you and say you're awesome you're awesome lord i glorify you as king Now, Lord, for us, we come here under your kingship, and we ask, release the power to break oppression in people's lives. Release your power to break oppression. And, Lord, I'm telling you, it's never enough. Give us more power to do this. Give us more power. anywhere where our mind has been twisted to accept defeat, would you break the power of that off of us right now and look at these battles that you call us to as a joyous event in our lives. We get to see you as a victorious king. And as we turn our hearts to you, Lord, in the coming days,
0: Establish
2: and build and glorify and release more revelation in your kingship in the midst of us. Let's become people like Joshua and Caleb were, ready for the next battle. Let us bless your name, Lord. I bless your name. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. All right, if you have any kind of gum or teeth problem or you have a cracked tooth, stand up. The Lord wants to minister to you. Teeth problem or a cracked tooth, the Lord wants to minister to you. I actually saw someone's left shoulder. You know, it's kind of hard. It's the back part of the left shoulder was actually inflamed and in pain. But if you're having any shoulder pain, but specifically in left shoulder, stand up. The Lord wants to minister to you. I also saw someone dealing with some kind of rib inflammation or pain so if you have pain in your ribs you don't know if it's your ribs or some organ inside please just stand the Lord wants to minister to you and let's go ahead and pray for these people Holy Spirit would you come, uh, please extend your hand and receive from the Lord Holy Spirit come right now release your power right now over their bodies in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ In the name of the Lord, I break the power of pain and weakness. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you'd release your healing virtue and restore them right now. Come into their mouth, come into their teeth, come to their shoulders right now, and come into their ribs and lift the pain off, Lord, and restore them. You're the same as you were yesterday, today, and forever. So come among us and release your power over our bodies. Um, Holy Spirit, seriously, grab their shoulders right now and pull them, pull them back into position in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I command the pain to lift off their bodies in the name of the Lord. All right. I just bless your name. I bless your name, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Um, Sir, what's your name? You just put that cap on. Gideon. Gideon. (laughs) I'm sorry. Gideon, would you stand, please? You're going to laugh at this. The Lord told me you're you're like Gideon. (laughs) Wow, that's so funny. And so he actually said you represent that even from the Old Testament. God's going to actually change your nature. I actually saw the Spirit of the Lord come on you. There's actually a call on your life to move in the power of the Lord. And the Lord really is going to make you like Gideon. You're going to actually function in signs and wonders. And God is going to make you like the tip of a spear. And so a lot of the stuff that you've been going through in your life, you keep thinking, wow, there's just all this stuff I have to fight against all the time. That's because God has been preparing you. To be able to stand in a hard day because he's going to make you a leader that actually goes in the front and sets a lot of people free from a lot of junk the enemy's doing in their life. So would you just put your hands out, Gideon, and receive from the Lord. Holy Spirit, release your power right now. We affirm your call on your son and we just command it to come forth in power right now in the name of Jesus. God has been developing faith and perseverance inside of you. You have done well. And I felt like the Lord wanted me to tell you that you're going to come into a season of not only moving in authority, but you're going to come into what's called the Father's embrace. You're going you're to ex- uh, sense the tangible pleasure of God resting on you. And so I just command that to wash over his soul right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I command the blessing of the Lord upon him right now in the name of Jesus. Amen man. All right, I don't, this is interesting. Uh, If you're a man here and you feel like the, the society has tried to shut you down from walking in authority, a man here, feel like you have a lot of oppression coming towards you, would you stand? The Lord wants to break that off of you. All right, please extend your hands. Holy Spirit, release your power and your presence right now. Now, Father, I just want to honor these men that are created in your image. Let them rise up to be what you called them to be. Any sense of trying to be oppressed, we break the power either through words or, excuse me, words or deeds that have come against these men right now. And I ask that you would command your boldness to fill their hearts and their minds let them stand lord in an evil day let them stand and i just command the blessing of the lord upon you right now i thank you for your confidence your boldness and your love strengthen them in their inner man with this right now in the name of the lord jesus christ amen are you guys up to one more Okay, so there's a call. It's kind of weird. You guys just went through a fasting, but there's a call going out right now that the Lord is going to grab a lot of you, and through dreams, he's going to start taking you into a new season of intercession. So if, you, if that's something that interests you, or you have a sense of the Lord putting his finger on you, would you just stand? The Lord wants to release that over you. Uh uh-huh. <laughs> Okay. I thought that'd be one person. Okay. Now, this is the Lord responding to you. So just put your hands out, all right? The Lord's going to come and do this. Holy Spirit, we say yes to this season. Okay, so in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I release over you dreams and visions. Visit them in the night season, Lord Drop the plans and the strategies in their heart and renew them while they sleep. Um, Some of you, I know this is going to sound unusual, uh, Lord, release your angels over them while they sleep. Just let their, their place of rest become a holy habitation by you. And this is a new season, so I ask that it be imparted to them right now and released in a deeper measure. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of you, God's going to give you strategies for breakthroughs in people's lives. Some of you are going to be given strategy for business. Some of you are going to be given strategy on how to pray for your city and nation. Release that, Lord, right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Just stir that up inside of them, Lord. And I just thank you for your goodness. Now, let's just wait a moment. Thank you, Lord. I mean, literally, just pour it in and press it down and pour it in and press it down. I mean, seriously, Lord, layer after layer, just uh, literally douse them with the anointing in the name of Jesus. Is bless your name, bless your name, Lord. In the name of Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Marcus, come up here. Have fun.
1: <laughs> we have a little bit of time. I think we should get back into groups. That phrase, Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Just think, even in our groups, just identifying demonic oppression that we're contending against and and asking the Lord for strategy and asking the Lord for deliverance and asking the Lord for power, so stirred by that, I'm thinking of that second corinthians yeah second Corinthians chapter five, just the that Jesus is a king and we are kings under him. We are ambassadors of that king bringing that ministry of reconciliation. So wherever there is separation from God, we are called to bring reconciliation to God. So I just saw us in our groups identifying those places and praying for them, but actually asking for strategy of how we take that uh, territory or what he was saying about being light, how, identifying areas of darkness and how do we shine the light, Lord, and give us strategy and actually praying into that. So can we do that? Is that good? Can we end the night like that? Good. So I'm just going to pray for us. We're going to gather into groups and we're just going to pray. Pick your kids up by 845 if you don't mind. Um, or Sylvia will come and give you your kids. <laughs> So, uh, Lord, we just we thank you for this message. We thank you for this call to. Our kingly authority under the king of kings, we thank you that we are kings under this king Lord, we just thank you. That you have made us kings under the king of all kings. By your blood. Lord, I pray that you would reveal the joy of that, reveal the the um, the calling. To be kings. Lord, where we have fear, replace that with courage in Jesus' name. Give us that strong, uh, where G, where you command in the word to be strong and courageous. Lord, fill us with that strength and fill us with that courage as kings under the King of Kings. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.